Welcome to the dark forest. Jackie and her pals will never bore us. Shameless confessions about our obsession will make us laugh and smile. So let's explore the dark forest and dark out for a while. Hi, it's Jackie Cation. Welcome to the dark forest. You know the websites: JackieCation.com, DorkForest.com, TheDorkForest.com. Of course, if you love a determiner. And it is December. In December, you do not donate to the Dork Forest. You donate to your local food bank. That's right. Find a food bank. Go to feedingamerica.org if you're in America. And there is, uh, it's a link. There'll be a link to, to that on the notes at essentially dorkforest.com, which is allthingscomedy.com as well, which is the podcast network. Aaron Foley's, uh, podcast is going to join over there at, uh, Sports Without Balls. And it's a sports podcast uh, where two ladies, uh, Aaron Foley and Rebecca Corey, talk about sports. I uh, She asked me to be on, and then she realized that I could not be on because I don't know anything about sports. Um, she can come back on the Dork Forest to talk about sports, but it doesn't work the other way. So donate to a food bank uh, every other month. Donate to the Dork Forest. What the heck? And if you still want merch for Christmas or for uh, Solstice or for Armenian Christmas, you can go to the merch store on JackieCation.com and get T-shirts and CDs and hooded sweatshirts. I have them in stock. I have hooded sweatshirts, all sizes, in stock for the season. What the heck? And this month, we have another sponsor. Remember, you can you could be a sponsor. And that's what Leanne Olson, who was on one of the last episodes of The Dork Forest of Gigiana.com, decided she wanted to sponsor The Dork Forest for a month. So know in your hearts that Leanne Olson is a crafty, crafty dork. And she has a business called Gigiana.com where she prints T-shirts and sweatshirts and scarves and posters. And it's all dork related. It's nerdy. It's geeky. It's geekiana.com. So she also has her own podcast. You can listen up to that and order up on that. Geekiana.com. My personal favorite, Watership Downton Abbey, the T-shirt. And I think there's also a poster, and you should get that. So let's do the credits. Mike Rickberg sang that song you just heard. He's going to sing the Mexican hat dance at the end. He composed that. He sang in the beginning with Sarah Cohen, his girlfriend. That's right. Patrick Brady, going to fix this audio, does a vital work. And uh, he also does the YouTube teasers that are on YouTube.com slash The Dork Forest. And Vilmos fixes the website. That's right. JackieCation.com is done by Braniac. I think it, it's spelled, it's on the bottom of JackieCation.com. Link to that if you have any website needs. And other than that, let us begin. We're at the uh, San Francisco Zoo. I'm here with... Ben Aller. How you doing, Ben? I'm doing good. Yeah, oh. It's a beautiful day. It's a, it is a beautiful day. It's clear and cold here in San yeah. Francisco in December. <laughs> so we're going to look at the zoo and you, zoofab.com, right? Let's yep. do that. That's and what's right. your Twitter yep. handle? Uh, ben Aller at zoofab. And I will, and that's what I'll do. So, uh, <laughs> so, yeah. So the fascinating thing is we are behind the scenes. We are behind the scenes. <laughs> yes. At the San Francisco it's, Zoo. It's, uh, not really night at the museum, it's morning at the museum, I guess. It's morning at the back <laughs> of the zoo. Well, of course, I'm at the San Francisco Zoo with Ben Aller, and he's, uh, he's talking to a guy about these zoo fab. He makes these climbing vines for reptiles and birds and, and monkeys, and he makes zoofab.com. But so he's talking to this guy, and now I'm on my own expedition, and there's a giant Fucking snake. 
Of course, we're in a place that's a little echoey, but uh, as a dork expedition goes, it's pretty cool. Supposedly, I am looking at a green anaconda. It's one of the largest snakes in the world, uh, reaching lengths of 20 to 25 feet and weighing more than 400 pounds. Uh, whatever it is, it's, they seem to live in uh, South America, and um, and they eat large mammals, fish, birds, and aquatic reptiles. Holy crap. But he seems to be underwater. Like, I mean, this is a water habitat, which is hilarious to me. And um, I don't know where his head is. He's a big fucking snake, but he seems to be mostly in the water. And I can't see his head, but I don't know where the hell the rest of the snake is. I don't know that snakes, I gotta ask if snakes can breathe underwater. I didn't think they could. And then there's some, some macaws. I think they're macaws, they're red. Oh, well there's some other kind of bird. You know what uh, would make a great dork ex- expedition is a video. Yeah, especially when you're at the zoo. <laughs> but uh, I could wander around. You guys ever read uh, Douglas Adams' Last Chance to See? Douglas Adams, of course, wrote, well, there's ducks. Uh, Douglas Adams wrote uh, <laughs> Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And he also wrote a nonfiction book about ten years before he died called Last Chance to See, where he went around the world and made fun of not the not endangered species. He uh he made fun of humans and endangered species more than anything else. But it's a great book. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I haven't read it in years. I should get that one again. Alright, I'm gonna see what Ben is up to, see if he's done talking to this guy. And if I see anything else interesting, I'll get back on. Alright. So Ben, you have been to this zoo before. Many times, Many yes. Times. We, uh, we've done, uh, two fairly large projects here, uh, uh, bobcat exhibit and, uh, giant anteater exhibit. <laughs> cool. Um, so. <laughs> and then uh, you came here when you were a kid? Where'd came here when up? I was a little kid, uh, in Davis. Okay. Yeah, yeah so okay. not too far from here. Yeah. And my mom, uh, I always blame all this on my mom because she's a kindergarten teacher and when I was a little kid I was super into dinosaurs. Sure. And, um, she was very encouraging of that, and so she would take me to natural history museums and and, and she's a teacher. So, she's a teacher, yeah. yeah. And uh, and then from dinosaurs, I got real into reptiles, so I was super into coming to zoos and and yeah. all that kind of stuff. So all right. And when I was a really really little kid, apparently she was when she was little, she was freaked out by um, bugs and snakes and spiders and stuff like that. She's human, yes, <laughs> yeah. And, okay. and she didn't want me to. Oh, she, she didn't, didn't want, want you like, to freak out. Yeah, she didn't want to, you know, project her fears on me or whatever. So apparently, when I was a little baby in my stroller and stuff, she would put bugs in my hand and oh. spiders on my hand and stuff like that. So and you'd get used to so it. So I would get used to it and, and talk to me about them and, and stuff like that. So okay, it's all her fault. Yeah, yeah, yeah good yeah. for her. I blame her. And uh, Thanks, so. Mom. So this giant <laughs> anaconda, by the way, yeah. uh, I have yet to find its head. You don't, can you look yeah, at it and see, see if you see, yeah, see yeah. if you can see his head? This is cool because Her it's head. like the only big reptile they have at San Francisco. Actually, that's not true. They have a Komodo dragon now, so. Okay. Alright, um, her head is back that way. Right. So, yeah, this is the green anaconda. You can see her head sticking, oh, it's, you can see you her can. nose. No, you can see her nose. Barely sticking up in that oh. back corner right there. See it? I do and see it. And as the water moves, her nostrils are probably above the water there. 
nostrils are situated on almost the top of their snout, so okay, they're able so they to, can't breathe underwater. They're not no, fish. They don't, no, but they do. <laughs> um, you know that water is not especially you know crazily warm. It's pretty warm in here. That water probably in the 70s, maybe. Okay. So their um, maximum or the optimum operating temperature for a snake like that is going to be in the 80s. So um, her her metabolism is a little bit slowed down. Because it's um, winter and, yeah. 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 No I worries. say her, I assume it's a female because she's so big, uh, but because the males don't get quite as big. Oh, okay. So, yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. 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 The yeah. anacondas are super neat and, uh, yeah. They, uh, they breed in these crazy balls, like multiple males will come and, and get with the females and they all try to, like, get the. Like giant orgy, but on one. Giant orgy, but, and they, like, Ride around in these crazy balls and stuff. <laughs> but it's usually one female and, and a boatload of guys? Yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah. Somebody, I heard something on NPR, they were talking about geese and how they, uh, and how they mate and, uh, how super violent it is yeah. and how creepy They're it is. They're super mean. Yeah, you're just yeah. like, wow, nothing. Very yeah. little respect going on here. Yeah, geese. Yeah, yeah, they, like they just beat the, they're just yeah. rape the hell out of them yeah. and, well, and good luck. Yeah. And then, then there's, there's more geese. So, so we're outside now. Yeah, we're, let's just cruise the zoo a little bit and we'll talk a little bit about, we'll, we'll kind of maybe follow the trail and we'll talk about some of the older yeah, what, exhibits and new so exhibits. What, and so stuff. that's how you got into zoos is because your mom, do you think? I have personal problems. Your personal, so you're yeah. just like, I, I want to see crazy. animals and. Well. <laughs> Let's see. You know, I was always into it when I was a kid. I, I I focused more on animals than people. When I would go over to people's houses when I was a little kid, and they'd have a pet, I would go hang out with their pet and not the kid, and I would sure. always get in trouble for that. I, <laughs> I was very just interested in Did animals. Did you guys have pets? My dad was not into pets, but uh, we we got a cat. I got a kitten when I was a little kid. My okay. mom was like, "This kid's getting a kitten," and um, so I had I had a cat. I used to try to sneak animals though all the time. Right? Did they follow you home? By uh, any chance? Yeah. Sometimes. Not really, but <laughs> I would buy mice, and Mom was not going to smell the mice. I don't. There's know. animals. Uh, it turns out they're going to be alive. Yeah. <laughs> you what hope. is that noise? Any idea? That's uh, yeah. That's an uh, electrical wire. So a lot of the times, it's fairly disturbing in my opinion. But a lot of the times, uh, you know, they use what's called hot wire. You can see it along the top of these uh, artificial rocks up here. Okay. Uh, and that's just an electrical charge that's uh, electric fence, essentially, to keep those animals from, from jumping out. Jumping out. So. Okay, because this is the zoo that had the, the people baiting a tiger. Was that it? This is the zoo where a tiger killed someone, yes. Right. Yeah. You know why? Because they're wild animals, and you yeah. might want to let them be. Well, yeah, yeah, that's true. But, you know, okay, so there's some interesting stuff about that. First of all, those people were... And taunting and tormenting the animal, throwing stuff at them. And, yeah. Uh, that's, uh, that's not cool. Polar bear. Oh, there's a polar bear. Holy crap. Yeah, he's beautiful. You know what would make a dork expedition uh, really good? Uh, video. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> essentially, they're just going to get a lot of me going, Jesus Whoa, Christ, there's, there's an another animal. animal. Yeah. It's a, <laughs> yeah. That is so. a, that is a full, I don't think I've, I've seen a polar bear in a million years. Yeah, and they used to have two, and they just opened up this exhibit. It used to, be blocked off here. This is very, very old exhibitory work right here. This type, this is, uh, very, this very blocky, very fake looking artificial rock that really offers nothing for the animals. And this style, we call this refrigerator 
box rock. Okay. And you can see why, because it looks like the big boxes that refrigerators used to come in, and that's actually what they would use a lot of the times. What are the rocks made out of if they're this not made a, out of rock? Well, no, it's cement, but okay. they would make a form or an armature or a, okay. you know, a oh, skeleton. Okay, they mold them. Yeah, and so it's very, it's a very generic style, which was at one time thought to be fairly naturalistic, but... Uh, it's not particularly? What would you do? I mean, how would... Should well, it just be more roundy rocks or something? Or? Yeah, well, here's the thing. You've got a lot of area there that could be uh, usable for these animals. Uh, well, of course, you don't want the animal to be, you know, up on top or have any, uh, you know, possibility of falling off the rocks or whatever. But you've got a lot of real estate right there that would, could allow that animal uh, space to, to climb, space to move around. You could put do different foraging options with it. Yeah. I would slope the slope the back differently and so it could and, so they could climb up and slide down and climb up and slide and down then, kind and of then thing, provide or? more areas for um naturalistic or natural uh plants and stuff like that um yeah you know and i know they have plans uh to to improve this stuff even more and, it, and what's really nice is that they allowed this animal to have access to natural substrate yeah and what substrate is that uh, just dirt. a grass yeah, doesn't that look like learned. Fred Flintstone? Yeah, yeah, because this uh, that animal looks already more. Oh, it is a dirty looking polar bear, but uh, it looks definitely more at home with uh, some greenery behind yeah. it. Yeah, definitely. And the nice thing about this exhibit is it does give this animal a lot of space. Yeah, you know he's got he's got some yeah. wanderer yeah. space. Yeah, he's got some space. You can see how like they were able to put hay and stuff up in that corner yeah because he can get in there and use it as a you know okay. bedding area okay but look, he really doesn't have access to other sort of grotto areas up in there because yeah it's not really good ability for him to be able to climb up in there and and this zoo um is positioned in you know the the, the bioclimactic zone that it's in is fairly cool and cold and right. we're right by the ocean we're right we're in um uh uh, what's it called? The Sunset District, which never gets any sun. And, uh, I, although we're getting sun today. Yeah, today but, clear and cold. But see, but... like, you know, this would be a nice area for him to be able to get up into and enjoy the sun on the days of the Because he's a polar bear, so, and it's, and he well, can take the cold. He like, they like the cold, but they, you know, these. But, and he could lie in the sun in need, more areas. Yeah, and they yeah. need to have variation of both temperature and habitat. Um, otherwise they get stagnant and they get bored, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah, I would. Cannot imagine. Yeah. There's his buddy. Oh, and that's a buddy? I don't know. I don't know. I'm just, oh, that's, that's another one. Yeah. Well, that's unfortunate they don't get to chat. Well, I'm not hey, sure guys. if they're... I'm not, I don't, I'm not really good with sexing polar bears visually. Right. So I don't know if we've got we male and it, female. It's privacy. two males. Um, and, uh, and if it's two males, they might balls. get kind of... Yeah. yeah you know? they, they might get grumpy at each other, I suppose. Right? There's that. And then... Uh, even if you do have a male and female, you know, there's certain times that you may want to separate them. The male may be getting aggressive or, or wanting to, uh, copulate and the mm -hmm. female may not be receptive. So you've got that kind of issue going on. Right. But yeah, this is, you know, it's a good amount of space for them aesthetically. Yeah. Not, not that pleasing. Right. But, um, so yeah. But they're working on it, right? Is that hire me to redo these rocks. Right. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. It could happen. So, but this yeah. is, uh, and then there's a train over here. What the heck yeah, is that just taking you? Well, you know, a lot of these zoos, they like to have, um, 
where you can just sit on a trolley it kind of a the... deal or you, yeah okay yeah. and here's yeah. another one yeah they have a lot of polar bears here yeah they seem to yeah they have this new grizzly newer grizzly bear exhibit up here which is pretty neat which kind of employs some of the stuff that i was talking about there okay and, you know okay. there's been these really um interesting trends in zoos through the years and starting in like the 60s there was this uh this trend called landscape immersion um where they were trying to bring them into their natural habitat more well, or something yeah or? there's been shifts in the mentality of zookeeping um first it was just about um getting you know seeing these exotic animals that you don't see and and getting sort of entertainment the fact that they used to fight you know polar bears and mastiffs and right, right, you know that kind would, of stuff yeah that was and then it shifted to this more like educational, um, okay, yeah, you're never uh, gonna like the see betterment of yourself and that kind of stuff. And that was like early 1900s. And then it started to shift to uh, wellness of the animal. Yeah. And now it's sort of shifted again to an overall habitat awareness conservation, and um, as well as a focus on the animal. So this right here is kind of an example of landscape immersion. Similar landforms inside of the exhibit that you have on the outside of the exhibit, so you can have a feel like you're um, you're also part caged. Of, sure, right. you're also part of the exhibit. <laughs> right, and it could look at us as well as we can look at it. And this is a grizzly exhibit. I'm not sure where the grizzlies are, but I really like this exhibit actually. Um, the, yeah, the it's kind of nice. Glass is pretty messed up, but other than that, I really like it because. Um, it's got a lot of natural substrate, um, even though there is artificial rock work. Um, yeah. They've is got these big um, logs. logs that they can you is know, that forge. Real? Oh, is yeah. that a real log? Yeah, it's okay. a real log they can forge around in and, um, you know. Maybe find I'd a like bug. I'd like it if you couldn't see the uh, all the fencing, but, um, yeah. you know. Cause the, the thing for me is that I, I feel like um, you know, our job doing this stuff is to create a connection between people and the wild spaces that these animals represent. And yeah. It's a, you know, it should be like a neat... Um, sort of visiting kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, sort of a fantasy uh, recreation of the habitat that invokes, you know, the, the complexity and the interest of that habitat and hopefully gets people interested in these animals and, and their habitats and maybe being a part of saving them or at least caring... If yeah. They go away. You know. Well, so is it? And you do more than just the vines. Have you done more than? Oh yeah, I'll show you some of the stuff we do. We do everything. I do everything. I just saw everything. the statue of the grizzly. By the way, and I thought yeah. it was a grizzly. Yes. Wow. <laughs> Turns out grizzly's not out here. It's good. I don't see the grizzly. And uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, no, we do everything. I do. Um, I do basically two kinds of jobs. I do um, smaller jobs that I uh, we make out of fiberglass. Sculpting epoxy. Okay. And um, that would be stuff for like aquariums, uh, what we call inserts for aquariums. Okay. Um, uh, artificial coral, uh, small reptile exhibits, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then the other thing we do is steel and concrete. So like these artificial rocks that you see here. These yeah. Are all, uh, well, there's some natural and some artificial rocks in there. This stream bed, that rock area where we were before, we do that kind of stuff. Like right now, I've got, you know, a huge uh, ringtail uh, cat exhibit that we're doing at uh, San Mateo. 
that's you know all big concrete rocks. Okay. And, and, uh, so and you I, fell I into this stuff. from like construction and a thousand other jobs. Is that how it? Yeah, uh, I used to. Well, I'm a skateboarder. Okay. And uh, <laughs> I used to. I know it's a weird way to lead into that, but yeah. uh, I uh, I I started making skateboard ramps when I was really young. Okay. Uh, I was super into that. I was into always into building stuff, and and I was also kind of into art and uh, sculpture and collages and stuff like that. And then um, I, I owned a skateboard park with my friend, and at the same time, I kept large reptiles, big snakes, and okay. all that kind of stuff. Um, and because uh, yes, I do. You have any snakes now? Yeah, I have. What big, do you got? Um, I just boa constrictors now. I wrote a book about keeping boa constrictors, so I feel like I should have boa constrictors. What's the name um, of your book? Uh, Is it on Amazon and stuff? Yeah, uh, okay. Yeah, it's. It's really, I'll link it's it. a glorified pamphlet, really. But it's, okay. yeah, yeah, it's, uh, but it's my name in print, you know? Right. Yeah. And, and people, it, if they want to read it, can read it. Yeah. And it's, it's great too, because everybody like sees my name at the top of the book. Oh, you wrote this? Awesome. And I don't think anybody reads it. It, could, it, say, it could say, blah, 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 blah. And people would still be equally impressed. Um, it's called, uh, a care guide to keeping and breeding boa well, constrictors. constrictors. Oh, yeah. catchy. I like it. <laughs> yes, it's right. like, let it's there amazing. be an acronym at yes, some point. Right. And <laughs> well, the whole deal is they told me, cause I had experience breeding boa constrictors and I had a friend who was, uh, versed in their natural history. So we, we worked on the project together and the idea was we wanted to write a, a book about, uh, Southeast Asian monitor lizards. And they said, well, if you write this book about boa constrictors, we'll let you write this other book and put that didn't happen, didn't happen of yeah. course. So, Classic. Yeah. So you so, have do you have but, more uh, than one boa constrictor? I yeah, have we yeah. have to digress but, briefly. Yeah, but well actually my thing is really monitor lizard. So at my house I have a three car garage totally converted for Southeast Asian monitor lizards. So <laughs> yeah, I keep four species wow. of monitor lizards. How I, big are monitor we have an iguana. Yeah, iguanas are, are you know like monitor lizards? No. Well, no. What's a monitor lizard? A monitor, okay, Komodo dragon is the biggest monitor lizard. Oh, it's Grand, a kind of... Yeah, it's a large family of lizards. They, okay. They're, they're in Australia, Africa, Indonesia. Asia. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So, um, you've got the, on the one end of the scale, you've got, uh, the Komodo, monitor, Komodo dragon, which is the largest, heaviest bodied, uh, monitor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There, there are other species that are longer, but that's for super nerds. And then, um. <laughs> Which we are in. We are in, my friend. <laughs> Alright, well then you've got Vranus Salvatore is actually longer. The water monitor is actually longer than the, than the Komodo dragon and, uh, Vranus Salvadori, which is the tree crocodile, has a tail that is massively long and is really? longer than, yeah, is any, they're amazing. Just crazy, amazing creatures. But so, you've got that. And then you've got in Australia a species called Vranus brevicata, which is full grown the size of my hand. Just like, just the palm of your hand. Yeah. So, Four ounces of meat. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> so there's this really interesting family of lizards that occurred in, you know, tropical areas. And, um, so there's you have a bunch 56 of those? species, or depending on what week it is and what taxonomist you talk to, there might be 64, but it's, you know, okay. it's right in there. Uh, there's, you know, the whole splitter lumper thing. I don't know if you know about that. No, what is that? Taxonomists, we call them scale counters, or I call them scale counters. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they, they come in two grades, either splitters or lumpers. If splitters are, they want to break every species down into subspecies. Okay. Uh, or, or, or 
further compartmentalize the different species of the animals. Right. Lumpers, they want to put them more together. Okay. So how oh, these animals belong together for these reasons, or these animals need to be split apart for these reasons. So, it's like an econ thing where you're like, you're a bean counter, yeah. or you're a macroeconomics exactly. and microeconomics. Exactly. I get it. I get so, it. So monitors are my thing. I just, they're super intelligent animals. Um, I've kept snakes for years, uh, since I was a little kid, and I love snakes, but for me, snakes are a lot more fun to find in the wild. Okay. Um, because in captivity, snakes don't do a whole lot. Well, you know, there's a lot they, of sitting around. They hang out a lot, which is right. their thing. I mean, most of them are ambush predators. Mm-hmm. Most of them rely on camouflage. Um, you are know, they and, meat eaters? Are they carnivores? Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's some that eat snails and slugs and stuff like that. Right. And there's an egg-eating snake that has a cool thing in the back of its throat to puncture eggs when it swallows eggs. What what snake is that? The egg-eating snake. Is I it called an egg? Why wouldn't you? Right Why yeah. wouldn't you call it an egg-eating snake? Yeah. We were in yeah. Australia and, uh, and, and we went on a tour of the tropical rainforest. Mm-hmm. And the guy that showed us, he said, you know, Australians, we're simple folk. And, uh, he said, you know what the name of that shirt, that, that, that plant is? And I was like, no. And he said, see the leaf? And I said, yeah, the one shaped like a heart. And he said, yeah, it's called a heart-shaped, tr- uh, tree. Yeah, right. And I was like, are you kidding me? He goes, no, they're all, we're, that's all we've done. We yeah. just, we look at something and go, Oh, that looks like a stick. That's a stick bug. And you're like, really? Then who came up with the cockatoo? I don't know, but that's, uh, that's awesome. We, the, see, what I like about our iguana is that he, he's a vegetarian. Sure. It's, uh, yeah. calcium rich greens and some bananas and mangoes and whatnot. You gotta, you gotta make sure you got the good, uh, calcium to phosphorus ratio in those greens. He's got a goiter. Do you know yeah. anything about how, yeah, how to get rid I, of his goiter? Yeah, you need to expose him to natural sunlight. He needs more sun. Yeah. You think it's more sun? Yeah, because iguanas are really not a very good animal to have in captivity. No offense. No, well. Um, because they get very large. They're often very aggressive, especially towards females, humans, when mm-hmm. they're menstruating. Mm-hmm. Um, does that ever happen oh, to you? Oh, interesting. It does not. Yeah, no. All multiple, right. multiple stories of uh, male iguanas attacking female the, humans. I have told this story many times on the Dork Forest. I don't want me to tell it to you now. Yes, which is uh, the one time Tiberius got aggro. Uh, Tiberius Gracchus. He's named <laughs> after the Roman general Tiberius Gracchus. Gotcha. And, uh, and so he likes to hang out in the garden, you know, and he kind of pad pads around and hides sure. in the, in the zucchini. Sure. And he has a lovely time. Yeah. Uh, so I'm working in the garden and he's following me around. And the one time he got aggro with me is, because he's been aggro with, with Andy a couple of times, sure. but we've had him for 17 years. Sure. Oh, and, you're doing something right. Yeah. Right. And, uh, um, um, but his, uh, he, he sort of charged me, but he's not fat. Like I could have outrun him. Right. And, uh, <laughs> and what I did was I put the shovel in front of my foot and he got to the shovel and he was like, well, thank God she's gone. Because uh, yeah, he's not right. very bright. Sure, yeah, yeah. And, uh, can't see around the shovel. He can't see around the shovel. He's very and and he's short. And uh, <laughs> and then he, the second time he did it, I was like, and we're done. Yeah. And then I just uh, threw a towel over him and shoved him back in his kennel. Yeah. But uh, and he's but he's that's the only time he's ever gotten aggro. Yeah. He's usually very sweet. Well, the deal is, you know, iguanas are tough because they need sunlight to process vitamin D three. Mm-hmm. Um, most uh, carnivorous animals get that through eating whole bodied. Uh, Prey items. Oh, okay. And because they don't eat whole-bodied prey items, although they will eat a pinky mouse or something like that every now and then. And right. He's reports, not reports getting them, it from me. Yeah, there are reports of them eating like McDonald's hamburgers in the, <laughs> um, it, you know, oh, in, the wild? in the wild where they're like down in out. Florida where there's a million of them. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. So, but um, yeah, in captivity, it's really tough because you have to find that balance, like you said, with the, you know, the, the certain greens and all that kind of stuff, and you need supplementation and. And artificial light that does some manner of uh, recreating. Uh, yeah, he, uh, he's, light. he's got a light, right. and, the, and then Andy has him out at least two or three times a week. Yeah, where, that's good. And you're in, the you're in L.A. 
And that's probably why he's lived to be 17. These animals, uh, iguanas can live to be, you know, 40 years old, but most people in captivity, you know, they, they say, oh, I had them for five years, and then he passed away, they're pretty good. It's yeah. more like, no, you killed him slowly. Right, right. Well, so. the, the, his other his sort of crush mates or his egg mates or whatever, because what happened, Andy was clutch looking. Clutchmates. Clutchmates. There yes. we go. I'm looking for an egg tub. <laughs> it's, uh, I don't think we're going to see the, the, the bear. Okay, but. Right, we're moving on. We're moving on. Talking. Moving. Talking and moving. So, but here's, he, uh, um, yeah, Andy was working at PlayStation, Sony PlayStation, and this guy came in with three iguanas. Right. He had bought three iguanas. Because he's a maroon. And, uh, <laughs> and then, and he had him in this terrarium thing, and he was like, I can't, I don't think I can have three. And so, Andy took one, and this other guy took one. And the other, the other two, the other two, they killed him almost yeah. immediately. Yeah. And Andy said, because he's very patient, so I think you have to be patient with reptiles, because... Well, definitely. Yeah, and the thing is, it's tough for people with reptiles, because reptiles have a fixed expression. They don't have facial expressions. Oh, yeah. They really don't have facial expressions. They need <laughs> facial expressions to be able to tell, like, the mood or... You know, sort of demeanor or whatever. Even though once you get to know reptiles, they really do have a lot of behaviors and uh, physical traits that allow you to read their mood and all that kind of stuff. But it's it's really tough. And then the other thing is that those animals do a really good job of hiding when they're sick because when you're sick in the wild, you're food. Yeah. So oh, they right. hide that they aren't doing good. They hide that they aren't doing good. And then by the time they're showing signs of not doing good, they're really on their way out. Well, that's what he's. Yeah. Uh, that's because Andrew's like, you know, we're probably peccary. What's a peccary? So it's like oh. a, you know, a hog kind of a deal. Weird. And look, there's babies. Little oh my baby gosh. Peccaries. Wait, they look like boars, yeah. like wild boars. Yeah. They're so. Are they good eating? Uh, sorry. I, I imagine they are. Uh, no. Yeah. No, hey, I actually, you would think that I would be anti-hunting or whatever, but I'm, I'm not. I do think some, you know, there's a necessity or. For some hunting and oh, for sure. Uh, I'm not. I don't. I only I, want to shoot an animal with a camera, but uh, right, right, right. There are babies. Yeah, Look at the cute they're babies. They're awfully cute. They're very cute. Babies are always cute. Always doesn't matter what kind of animal. Yeah, that's yeah. a good looking, and sure. they do it on purpose. Yeah, look at that. So that you don't kill them. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, right. Like human babies are cute, so that you don't are human like babies oh. freak me out. I'll take lizard <laughs> babies any day. Human babies, those they have the long fingers. That, Alien-looking babies, freaks. human babies. Yeah, it freaks oh. me out. How long their fingers are? Yeah, that's all I can look at when I see a baby. <laughs> all my friends have to like trick me into holding their babies. Oh, I'll tell you something. <laughs> Whenever I'm handed a baby, I have this to say: uh, I will only be handed a newborn or anything under the age of three months while seated. Oh right. Because I get terrified that I'm yeah. going to drop the damn me too. thing. Oh, my muscles clench. Or I'm uh, going to slam it like it's a like it's a football. I don't know. Like I have like I don't that have weird. That, but... Well, I mean that seems rude. <laughs> but uh, but I was just like I don't know. I, I don't want to break anything. And yeah, I, this I'm is... right there with you. Yeah, I'm right there with you. It's, um, yeah, I, there was a Make a Wish kid who wanted to go hunting bears in Alaska. That was I, think I saw something about that. It was probably 15 years ago, and people yeah. were all up in arms about it. I was like, it's not like he wants someone to hold down a bear. Right. Or he wants to kill the last bear. Right. Well, I do think it's, you know, anything that gets people involved and interested in animals, um, habitats, behaviors, seasons, you know, that kind of stuff. I mean, it, you hope that people who are hunting would want those animals to be there for future generations. Right. And, and the fact of the matter is we've upset the ecosystem massively. And some so animals hard. do need to be cold. Stuff like deer in a lot of places yeah. are very and destructive. Rabbits. Very, very, very destructive. destructive. So, and good eating. So there's no reason not to. I mean, right. 
There's, there was a guy in Arkansas that I met who would go hunting deer with his truck. Oh, wow. Uh, like hit it, them with the yes, truck? Yes, because it was not wow. deer season. Oh. And the cops yeah, yeah, were, yeah. and he said the cops knew, and they were like, not cool, not cool. And he goes, there's a lot of deer. And I was like, it doesn't seem effective. Yeah. Like you gotta constantly get your truck fixed. And he said, Oh no, I gotta, I gotta set up. The grill is set up. And I was like, Well, you're out of your mind. Yeah, that's and, great. Uh, I mean, wow. there are people who are, like, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a hunter myself. Right. I don't think that I should be allowed guns personally, because I would kill myself immediately. Right. Um, yeah, I don't have any guns either. Yeah, there's no, there's no need for me yeah. to have guns. I, 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 I'll, I'll go to the arcade. It'll be fine. Yeah, there you go. That's my, that's there my shooting. Go. I'd like go. to shoot things, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I, <laughs> it's, I'd love, I'm a huge liberal who enjoys guns. Yeah. And what are you gonna do? They're fun. Like they make a, a big noise. As long as the cops have guns, the people should have guns. I just don't particularly want them. Yeah, I don't. I don't need it. I got enough. I got enough. Someone will take it from me and beat me to death. Yes. I'm pretty sure. If I had a gun. Right. So. Yeah. It's a so, nice day. Oh, it's a gorgeous day. I know. I was worried because it rained last night. I thought we might get a little. Yeah, we were gonna. A little drizzly, but it's actually pretty nice. Right. And San Francisco seems to. You know, I've survived this cold snap, no problem. So yeah. It, it avoided it. But. It's, there's so much natural trees and habitat and stuff like that. It's kind of awesome. Yeah, that's what's really great about this, uh, about this. And there's a ton of, uh, all these open spaces that have a lot of potential for, for new stuff. Oh, right, so. because they don't have, they don't, they don't have exhibits or animals everywhere. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of sort of parkland. There is. More than anything. That's the train. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. I think you are correct. Yeah. I'm not uh, sure. Right. Right. So, yeah, we're going to walk around and we'll check out uh, some of the exhibits that I did. And uh, What'd you do? I did the giant anteater. Actually, it was just um, like a renovation of existing old paddocks. So it wasn't like a complete... You know, ground up um, yeah. exhibit. We just sort of worked with what they had and the budget that they had to try to, to improve, sort of yeah, the areas. But it was a good foot in the door. Yeah. Uh, you know. Have you, have you here, done so. stuff from the ground up? Oh like, yeah, that's what yeah. we're doing right now with the in the San Mateo or yeah, San Mateo. We're doing that. I did a um, a bat exhibit in Palo Alto at the kids zoo there from the ground up and um, wow, bats. Yeah, bats are fun. Yeah, <laughs> we did a really neat cave where you. It's an indoor exhibit. It looks like when you walk into the place, it makes you feel like you're in the cave, looking out the mouth of the cave. Okay. And we made it so fruit for fruit bats, so they could fly around in there, and it's pretty neat. There's capybara right. around here somewhere, and a bunch of These mean are... rapist teeth. You're so seriously. This dude is that is cool, a good-looking bird, man. Yeah. You should take a picture of that. I don't have a any, camera that does that. Any any bird with red and black. It really any animal with a combo of red and black is pretty cool. Yeah, that I, I mean. What eats, what, what, what kind of, where, where is this animal being kept you in the got wild? Me on that one. It's, uh. You got me on, I don't of know. Of course, now is. it needs to scratch. There you are. Hey, buddy. You're a very good looking bird. I'm not sure what that is. You I'm get, good with, uh, I'm real good with reptiles. And what's, really is that an animal. ostrich? What is that? Yeah, that's an ostrich. That's just a, alright. You're fairly good with a, it's a capybara. No, that's no, a, that's. That seems to be some sort of a rodent-y yeah. kind of koala-y kind of thing. Well, that's, uh, that's what the, um, the anaconda would be. Okay. Oh, that giant yeah. snake? Yep. 
So, so do you sort of cuddle the snakes? No, do you, do you no, handle them much, or do you just kind of uh, hang I out? I handle them when I need to, but right. it, um, for me, they're, it's more about learning about them and sort of watching. Oh, here's eyes. one of the giant anteaters. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, this is we built the. They have three, and um, they're super interesting. They use their tail like a blanket. Yeah. 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 He's they're all really, curled really up in cool. himself. Yeah, and they they call them uh, knuckle walkers. There's like a cool scientific name for that, but I can't remember what it is. But they because they have these really cool claws, and but they kind of point back and yeah. they sort of walk on their knuckles. Huh. And uh, they're pretty neat. And there was a instance in um, South America about six, eight years ago of a keeper getting killed by one. Oh yeah. Nobody nobody really thought of them as super dangerous. Yeah. And this woman was working with them, and the the guy reared up and just sliced her abdomen. abdomen and oh, just cut her like yeah, stem her to stern? And later. Whoa. Yeah, yeah so I always, that that's my crazy. thing with wild animals. I always think to myself, yeah, you got to be really careful. Sure. They're yeah. not, I mean, I I'm just, not even good with people. I used to do rattlesnake <laughs> removal. Okay. And, um, you know, so I, and I handle venomous reptiles, uh, not pretty like show off deal or whatever, but I go right. to Mojave every year to photograph reptiles and. That's a desert. That's a desert. Okay. There's lots of rattlesnakes and lots of really cool stuff out there. And so we, my friends and I go out there and we, you know, we, we do everything we can to not molest the animals at all, but sometimes. But you're kind you of looking to, around to. And sometimes you need to move an animal off the road or, um, get it into a position where you can take a photograph of it. Um, okay. So, you know, I'm, I'm fairly versed in handling dangerous or venomous animals, but, you know, as doing exhibitry for zoos, I generally don't, I'm not in contact with the animals directly. Okay. You know? Yeah. I'm in contact in... with the keepers and all that stuff. Yeah. But, um, you know, their insurance isn't going to cover me right. hanging out with, you know, bobcats and tigers and stuff right, like that. Right. The bobcat's going to be over there while you create the, right. the habitat for the animal. Which is no, part of gonna... the reason that I, uh, that I, enjoy keeping exotic animals for myself is I get uh, first-hand husbandry experience and, and I get to, uh, you know, kind of like make decisions for my animals and, and provide habitats for my animals and, and you... it allows me to have hands-on experience with animals because I'm not, like I said, I'm not having hands-on experience at Right. Zoos. You get to hang out at zoos, but you don't get to, yeah. get to talk. Yeah, and I get all the rad behind-the-scenes stuff. I mean, yeah? I do, yeah, I mean, like if... If we're going to do a sloth exhibit over here, then I'm going to go talk to the keepers, go see how they feed the sloth, go see, yeah. you know, uh, what the temperament of the sloth is. Is he going to, you know, is he a real big climber? Is he, does he have food problems? Does he have aggression problems? Does he have this? Does he have that? Oh, okay. So I can help, you know, incorporate that into the design. So here's the interesting thing about San Francisco Zoo right here is this big fountain. Yeah. It's like a big, round, old school fountain. And this is how... All the early zoos were laid out, and this is why I thought it would be interesting to come here. Uh, all the, from the, like the 19th century on, uh, they set out, they would set zoos out, uh, generally in like a, a taxonomic grouping, meaning, uh, you know, animals that they thought belonged together, either from oh. certain areas of the world, you know, all South American, all African, you know, whatever, or just in taxonomical grouping, meaning, you know, how the scientists Put them together. Linnaeus, you know, style uh, huh. grouping. And they would all be centered around a, a, a main sort of uh, large fountain? round fountain deal and it would radiate out. So you would have like 
South America this way, Africa that way. Oh, like the spokes of a wheel. Exactly. Okay. San Francisco Zoo was set up that way. And it's the interesting thing about San Francisco Zoo, it's the oldest zoo on the West Coast. Okay. Uh, not in America, there's older zoos. East Coast, Coast. But, um. They get everything. Yeah, so it has all this, like, this stuff has all been freshly painted, but it used to say, Pachyderm house. They used to have elephants here. They don't okay. anymore because uh, they really don't have the space or the proper facilities for them at right. least at this time. But um, they don't kinda, have any elephants at the zoo right now. Not not at just, the zoo right uh, now. Not until they get they got they got to make something for them, right? They, yeah, their elephant facilities were in need of upgrade, and they they made the decision on their last elephant to pass to not have not. more. Well, elephants, they just got elephants in L.A. Right. Because they just redid that. Yeah. A, a Twenty-four big thing, million right? dollars. Oh, really? Yeah. I saw that bit. I, was, I didn't bid on it, but I saw it. So it was interesting because it's got a lot of history. And, um, it has a lot of examples of like the grizzly bear exhibit is sort of a newer uh, landscape emergency style exhibit. Um, and then, you know, like that refrigerator rock is very like, you know, 40s, 50s style. And then this is like turn of the century uh, kind of. Uh, yeah, more. Uh, the, the earliest of right right so yeah so here's some of the stuff that I've okay I haven't seen this in a while when did you do it it's been about two years now I did this one first and then I did the bobcat next to it so oh, okay. this was an abandoned well basically abandoned exhibit um, it had some of these existing elements the background is really horrible right which I tried to get them to let me <laughs> but they wouldn't. They're like, they yeah, we don't have any money. Yeah. So we're so, just going to leave the weird. Then they had this weird thing over the door there, and then I had to cover it. I'm not, that, that tree I'm really not happy with. But we did this feeder log thing here, and, these, okay. and this is another feeding station where they, they shove different food in there for the animal to be able to. Is this to, an anteater one? Yeah, and he's got a heated um, paddock in the back there, which is where he is right now, I guarantee you. Oh yeah. Um, so this was one of the first jobs I did for them, which was really a, had a big budget restriction. It was really tough. To, right um, to make it work. To, to make it work. This one was a little better. Um, here's Bob bobcats. Cat. Yeah. So we did this. We did this tree here and all these all this rock work here. To marking this spot. All right. He's, uh, he's he's peeing on my rock. He's peeing on your rock. Congratulations. <laughs> so how do you make your rocks? Uh, I start off with uh, steel armature, uh, and then uh, we put uh, you know, lath, metal lath around that, and chicken wire on top of it, and then we shoot concrete, like uh, how they do a, a swimming pool, yeah, gunite or shotcrete, and uh, then we shape it, and we, and we carve it by hand. And this, this, this tree, you can see I've got several layers on it. I've got the deadfall look yep. going underneath, and then I've got the bark sort of on top of it. That branch that sticks out to the right there actually has a heated platform on it. And so when he, oh. he can get up there and hang out on that heated platform, down here in, uh, where the branch comes down like that, that is where the hay is, that's yeah. also another heated area. So, then, you, so, so you wire these things yeah. so that, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then he's got a couple cubbies in the back of that um, tree that he can get into to hide. Okay. So he can be away from the public if he wants to. Right, right. Um, yeah. And then... Um, it's a good-looking cat. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's an eye. He's supposed to be very mean. Yeah, he looks grumpy as all hell. Yeah, he's, I don't. He's cool. 
But yeah, on the on the top on the uh, on that I don't branch up there, I wrote in the concrete. I wrote here, kitty, kitty. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's fun. <laughs> yeah, and there's a bunch of stuff on the back of the on the tree. We put our like lazy fab thing back there and all that. Stuff. Oh, cool. So, yeah, we do that kind of stuff. Too. You can do your own little graffiti as long as it sure. isn't, you know, well, doesn't look at the. Yeah, but, and, you know, inevitably in all these projects there ends up being a, you know, a penis and a vagina somewhere. So, oh, sure. Yeah, Why wouldn't it? A dick joke everywhere. Yeah. Let there always yeah. be a dick the, joke. The, um, the bad exhibit we did for, uh, uh, it's, it's there is a big, obvious looking vagina on the, on the cable. It was, it was facing away from the public. When we put it was because we had put two pieces together that were carved separately, and when we put them together, we went, "Oh man, that really." Look good. Who's the Who's the flower drawing lady? <laughs> yeah, right. Who drew oh, the uh, O'Keefe. O'Keefe, yeah, right, O'Keefe. Yeah, it very, it very much like that, but it wasn't facing the public or anything, right. so we we're like, "Eh, we'll leave it." And the director there's just you know uh, this this uh, super gay guy who comes in, and we're like, "Oh, he won't notice it. He doesn't care." About that. <laughs> and he comes in and like he's two not made seconds, of stone. What's with the vagina? <laughs> Labia majora, labia minora. Well done. It's an educational exhibit exactly. from the back. Exactly. And, uh, <laughs> so, so we have to be cognizant of that. Got to make, oh, yes. uh, make things too thousand. Right, right. It's uh, I'm proud of this. There's things that I wish that we could have done differently. I wish we could have provided more uh, I wish that we could have done more with the background. But again, this was, you know, we did what we could with the space that we had and, and the budget that we had. And, and, you know, one thing I feel like is that I haven't totally nailed what I'm trying to do yet. It's, you know, there's still all It's these... a process, I'm sure, yeah. trying to figure out. It'd be it, kind of nice to, to make the coziest spot for the animal to hang out that faces the public. Yeah. That's got to be well, kind we, of what you go for. That is what, what, we, what we go for. And, you know, there's... There's a lot of aspects to it, a lot of elements to it. So it, it, um, these projects are can be quite difficult. So. Have you ever been to that wildlife park outside of San Diego? Yeah, sure. is that uh... they do a very good job there, and and I think that's a you know somewhere where the trend is kind of moving towards that kind of stuff and towards stuff that highlights more local um, uh, species. Yeah. Vistas that you look over are uh, animals occur there, so you can see the animal in its enclosure, and then you look out and see where that habitat. Okay. Is. And they do a really good job of highlighting interesting species that, instead of having like jaguars or whatever, they have like, um, oh, they have this cool thing called a grasshopper mouse, which yeah. is this tiny little mouse that eats other mice and howls at the moon. What? Yes. Howls at the moose. Yes, it's a tiny little <laughs> mouse, and that's how it like marks its territory, protects its territory. It's a snow leopard. Oh, that is a snow leopard. He's peeing too. He's also well. It's that time. I have to pee as well. So <laughs> we're coming. We have... I will be coming up to the bathroom in a second. It's very exciting. Well, the, you know the uh, so so what's that Sonora? Sonora Desert Museum. Where is in that? Tucson. In Tucson. Yeah. Yep. Is it in Arizona? Okay. Tucson's in Arizona. Right, right. I go been? there. I, well, I go to Tucson on a regular basis. I got a brother. Really? Yeah, I got oh, a brother. Well, then take Speedway all the way out of town. and uh, Outside of town, yeah, there's one of the best museums. 
You, or, in the or world. Zoos. In the world. It's yeah. one of your favorites? Yeah, it's excellent. Okay. I mean, you know, there's room for improvement everywhere, but... Right, right. Well, you know But what? no, it's great. They do a really good job. It's just really cool because you're in the environment that you're learning about. And, and they just, go with local animals. It's all local. It's all... And the Sonoran Desert is amazing. I mean, it stretches from Mexico all the way into, you know, Arizona. You've got the saguaro cactus. You've got all these So it's kind of a neat thing. We're gonna hit the over here. Yep. Let's give it a go. Okay. Usually like out doing stuff. It might be a little chilly. It got a little windy. So um. Yeah, you know when uh, we got to go in, it's squishy. Yeah. Yeah. Where is it? See the big brown. Bring a lump in the water. Oh, hello. He's underneath the water. Yeah. Alright. Yeah, he's not doing much. He's not doing much. Yeah. Um, what are your favorite, uh, yeah, what are your favorite zoos? Well, besides that one. Uh, Desert Museum. Bronx Zoo is amazing. The Bronx Zoo in yeah. New York? In, in New York, yeah. How have you been to that one? Yeah, they, they're really a big trendsetter in zoos and, um, they're, they're a zoo I'll never work for because they have their own um, fabrication department and their own. Oh, like, they have their own department. Yeah, but I'm friends with them, and I get you know we correspond and stuff. So it's kind of a you know yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a good learning experience. Real, but they do a really great job, and they have yeah, it's not beautiful. Wow. Guess what the time to go to zoos is in the morning, you guys. Yeah, no, totally. Uh, it's it's uh we got here when it opened, and absolutely every animal. Yeah. Is awake? Yeah, that is a Sumatran, uh, why are, why are there different cats in the yards at different times? As part of our animal enrichment program, we rotate our cats into different yards. They switch expands the territory that they can explore in the sense from other cats is very stimulating. That's a nice way to say we like to let them smell each other's pee. Right, because they get super bored <laughs> yeah, right. because they're in a zoo. Exactly. And, well, uh, you know, but that's good, though. Well, look, this is the thing. I, I, I agree that a lot of these uh, exhibits, you know, can be boring for the animals. They need to be more stimulating. But And this is look, a good thing to do. The fact of the matter is zoos are important, even though, um, and I don't mean to get preachy here or whatever. Sure, preach um, it up. Uh, which is specifically what Mary told me not uh. <laughs> <laughs> Mary Van No, very funny comments from San Francisco and your loved one. Yes. And uh, <laughs> that's Sorry, how Mary. we met. Sorry, Hi, Mary. Yeah. Uh, so, but the thing no, is, they, it, they, they really um, they are doing something really important. Uh, a, a large percentage, depending on who you talk to, 50, 70% of the extant animals on the planet today, meaning animals that are here existing right now, yeah. uh, face two possible futures, and that is captivity or extinction. Because right. of habitat fragmentation, habitat destruction, bush meat hunting, the pet trade, climate change, all these different things, these animals are facing very serious pressures. And right. unless people care about these animals, they're, they're not going to know when they go away. They're not going to know when their habitats go away. So it is important for these animals to be ambassadors of their species and, and for people to be able to get some sort of a connection. Now, that said... Most of the time when you go to zoos, the, the animals that the people are looking at the most are yeah. pigeons and squirrels. And oh. <laughs> the reason that they're looking at pigeons and squirrels is because they're doing stuff. They're oh, doing right. their natural stuff. So really, what we need to do is get more to a place where we can allow these animals to feed themselves and, and provide them with spaces where they can really feed themselves. And, and that's what, 
you know, that's, we're all trying to do that. Right. And, and to varying levels of success. Right, right. I mean, and, and, it's <laughs> so. a, and I think it's a process. And seven billion, I mean, when I think about seven billion humans on this Too planet, many. <laughs> Too many. Like nobody wants to talk about that part. Right, right. I just feel like uh. the earth keeps shaking going, are there really? seriously seven billion of one species on yeah. this damn thing? Well, you know, they've done all sorts of interesting studies on overpopulation and, and the same thing happens every time. You know, people go crazy or they, they, they we're sleeping in the grotto back there. Oh yeah, yeah. That's Lion. The, the, no, it's a nope. tiger. It's a tiger? Mer, a mer tiger. Oh yeah. Yeah. How's, how's that? He's blending in very well. Yeah, yeah. That's it's what so... the stripes are all about, see? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it, that's, and that's another super interesting thing is like, you know, these animals that you take them out of their, their habitat and you're like, wow, it's crazy orange and stripes and all this stuff. You know, how do they blend in? But then you see them in their actual environment and, the yeah. dappled sunlight, the, you know. Yeah, you don't get to see them. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's why they're that color. Yeah, that's pretty That's neat. fascinating. Pretty neat. Now, do you think that this tiger gets to go down this no, thing? No, probably not. Although, Even though there's a staircase. There's stairs, yeah, but I don't know if, if they do or not. I'm right. not sure. Oh, you want to know a funny, yeah. funny zoo fact? Funny uh, zoo fact. Okay, so the, you see how they have these moats here? Yeah. And now this is all me because of the, unpleasantness with the tiger before. Oh, right. <laughs> oh, really? Everyone they just... With the public. But anyways, so this moat system was developed by this guy named Carl Hagenbeck in, in Germany in uh, 1909 or 1910, something like that. Okay. And it's based on what this German guy who did uh, start some of the first zoos in, in Germany and, and uh, was a very uh, influential zoo builder but all these moats are based on his moat system which is based off his guess (laughs) as to how far a tiger can jump jump. or a lion can jump or whatever so the the regular the aza regulations today are essentially based off the whims of this guy which have proven to be fairly accurate right over the years but because he's German, and well, the Germans are very attentive. Well, he developed this thing called a tier park, which is now what they call zoos in, in Germany. Okay. Parks. And it's a, a panoramic um, uh, exhibit where he would have uh, predators and prey seemingly in the same enclosure but separated by moats. Oh, right. So you would have, like, lions and tigers in the front and antelope in the back, so it looked like they were all in the same yeah. um, area, but they were separated by moats. People stopped doing that to some extent because they felt like animals were stressing by seeing the you know, right. having the prey right there that they couldn't get to or having the predator that they couldn't get away from. Right. So that sort of moved away. But uh, he was very influential and uh, developed the whole boat system that we still use today. That we still use today. Fun, fun yeah. fact. Yeah. How about that, see? It is a good one. Nerdy. Nerd and bring in the door. <laughs> I like it. We're pushing an hour, yeah. just so okay. you know. Okay. And I told you I bore you to tears. <laughs> uh, you cannot. You cannot bore me to tears. <laughs> You can exhaust me, uh, but I'm never going to be bored. Well, well, we'll make a little loop, and then we'll, um, we'll have, I mean, we haven't even seen half the zoo yet. We won't do it. Yeah, yeah. But, it's, um, uh, it's, so, some of the, so some of the great zoos are the Bronx Zoo, that thing Bronx in Tucson. Zoo, Seattle Woodland, yeah, the Arizona uh, Sonora Desert Museum, highly recommend. Right. Uh, Seattle Woodland Park Zoo is Pretty great. amazing. They've done a huge, huge job of, uh, Landscape immersion. Uh, right now, they have one of the first uh, solar-powered exhibits. Um, they're very, very innovative. Um, very in tune with with uh, trends and zoos, and um, really highly recommend Seattle Woodland Park Zoo. 
Have you ever been to the Milwaukee Zoo? I have not, and I have family in Milwaukee. You would think that I would have. Another zoo that I'd like to recommend is the California Academy of Sciences, Where's which that? is uh, here in San Francisco in Golden Gate Park. And um, I disclaimer, I do a lot of work there. They're like right. one of my big clients. <laughs> right. But they're awesome because they're um, they're a zoo and an aquarium and a natural history museum. Okay. So they have sort of all that stuff together. They've got an indoor rainforest, sort of a biodome thing happening. Okay. Um, and uh, and the zoo part's good, but the aquariums, like I love an aquarium. Yeah, it's awesome because it, it's um, you know, it's just a, it's not huge. Right. Uh, it's an all-day, you know, kind of an excursion. It's, sure. But, um, it's just kind of everything. It, 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 they do a good job of showing the, the interconnectivity of, of plants and animals and, and you know, just the, the whole, you know, biotope. Because they have the, they've got the aquarium, they've got the, they don't, have, they don't have like a lot of big mammals and stuff like that. But right. they've got, you know, reptiles and, and, and birds and penguins and the Monterey Aquarium. Monterey is Aquarium is also top notch. It's amazing. Yeah. I had never seen top anything notch. like it. And then at the Mall of America in Minneapolis, they have an there. aquarium downstairs. How, have you been? Yeah, How I have it? been. Uh, cause I got, I, I did a club in, in that and they gave us free tickets. Nice. And it's got one of those tunnels where you walk through and the, and the fish look like the, like the sharks look sure. like they're coming right at you. And then they go over. Yeah, yeah. And, uh. Cal Academy has that too, yeah. yeah oh, so, good. So this oh, good. is the exhibit. This is the one? Yeah. It didn't have this. So this is and the this tiger exhibit. Low, this was lower. And this was lower. So they, 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 they put this the, bulletproof glass up yeah. or whatever. And, uh, oh yeah, these nuts and bolts look pretty. Yeah. But so this is where it happens. That, that, animal, that, is, that animal jumped a fair amount. Yeah, uh, yeah what, uh, oh yeah, yeah, let's not. There are other people trying to enjoy the tigers. That's and, uh. Oh, here we got otters over here. Oh, let's otters. otters, otters, otters are cool. Otters are great zoo animals because they're just always so active and cool. And they uh, like to swim. And they make funny noises. <laughs> and they're cool. But now we're over here and they'll be doing nothing. Right. But, <laughs> but they're pretty great. Yeah. We're the exhibit we're doing. In this is the San North Mateo. American Ritter, River Otter. Otter. Yep. Oh, there. Oh, you otters. <laughs> Let's go on the other side. What are you doing in San Mateo? Uh, that uh, ringtail exhibit, and w- right next door, or next door neighbors. On one side are bobcats, on the other side are otters. Okay. And uh, they're just so damn cute. There's one. Oh, there's a guy. There's two of them. Yep. Yep. Oh, yeah. Feeding time. Feeding time. Cool. A couple of otters wandering around. Yeah. And a See? bird looking for ho- looking for extras. Yeah, they just got released into their exhibit. Stuff. They're so cool. Awesome. Yeah. All right. They're Gentlemen. Really Cool. Yeah. All right, well, in the interest of time, yep. there's cool fishing cats over there. Fishing cats? Yeah, cats you want to see them? Fish, yeah. What's a fishing cat? There are these um, Asian cats that uh, have web feet that um, oh. they, they catch fish. Fishing That's how they catch Yeah. They have claws fish. attached to their web feet? Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. So they can sort of like bears with salmon? Kind of, yeah. Whack. Little ears. They're super cool. And they got a, uh, they got a pair of them here. And I, they're, I know, freedom. Are these guys fishing cat? Fishing They are from Asia. They eat fish, frogs, toads, crustaceans, snails, small birds, reptiles, and six. Oh! Okay. Hey, dude. He looks like a bobcat. He 
Right, <laughs> right, and yet he's a fishing cat. Yeah, I know. And he's so. sitting right next to you. Obviously, they go in the water, and they're right. They're super into it. But I just saw their little ears, and uh, he's got little tiny ears, and he doesn't have the sort of the fringe that bobcats do. No, no, or the or the bobtail. But yeah, yeah, they're just really neat, and um, I just like that they look like the pissed off wet cat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, penguins! Penguins, and plenty of them. Yeah, humble penguins. These are. Uh, yeah, we always judge when we're over here that these are the most impressive uh, animals in the zoo. So oh, poke your eyes out. There's 37 penguins. Like that, there's yeah. there's got to be 50 penguins just wandering around. Oh, those are ducks. No, those are penguins. penguins. They're all penguins. What's the difference between a penguin and a duck? Uh, animals are not my forte. <laughs> uh, and uh, oh, and there's a there's a, a dude. Yep. There's a keeper. Yep. Good looking penguins. They are. Yeah, they yeah. Are. They're outstanding in their field. They are outstanding uh, in their field. All right, let's go over and we'll see the mandrels with the shiny, you know, the big, colorful butts. What's Those a mandrel? up in post. Yeah, okay, I don't have that kind of time. Yeah, I don't have that kind of time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Mary's like, you better just talk for an hour and then cut it off. Because <laughs> I don't think she edits. I'm like, well, she must do a good job editing because I'm sure she edits. <laughs> I do a little bit. I just do a note section. And then uh, because I say uh, a lot, I, yeah, I might right. chop out a couple uhs. Yeah. That's cool. That's awesome. Hello, toddler. There we go. Because... What, what's, why are there some parts of the driveway splashing? Because they're, they have them around the, uh, uh statues, because little kids like to climb on the statues. Oh, okay. And if they fall on concrete, parents oh. might sue. I get it. Yeah. I get it. It's all about avoiding the lawsuit. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> I bet. <laughs> Think about it, because there's so many kids. Yeah. And kids are, when, yeah, Andy and I got to feed the hippos. Uh, there were kids who were like, well, how come we can't feed the hippos? Yeah, right. And the zookeeper who showed us around the LA Zoo and let us feed the hippos, she said, don't fall into the hippo cage because you will die because yeah. I can't help you. Right. Because if I try to help you, then I will die. Yes. And, uh, yeah. hippos <laughs> are aggressive. Yeah. Very aggressive. She's like, they it's have territorial. And they don't have good eyesight, no. so anything that moves, they charge. Yeah. Yeah. And she said, so I, don't so, fall in. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was, but the the rhino was sweet, and then this little guy, this, this little guy running around. These are these are uh, just past monkeys. Yeah, these guys are cool. All right, twelve o'clock, right there. Oh yeah, that's a monkey. Hello, gentlemen. All right. Uh, yeah, the funny thing about working at zoos is you get to hear all these rad non sequiturs from little kids. Yeah. And uh, the best one <laughs> was when I was doing that bat cave exhibit. Was the way the exhibit was positioned, everything that people were saying anywhere near in any of the exhibits near just filtered, funneled right into the exhibit that I was working. <laughs> just little, like a sound tunnel. Yeah. And this little kid walks by. He's all pouty and angry. He goes. How come nobody has underwear made of cheese? Just out of the blue. <laughs> oh, I know. A mandrill. It's one of those baboony kind of, uh, baboony kind of, uh, 
primates. Right, because they have very pretty butts. Right. He's just like, like a statue. He's like the thinker. Yeah. He's just kind of hanging out going, I'm just going to sit here in the sun for a minute. I don't blame him. It's cold. It is chilly. There's a couple of them in here. They're probably all doing the same thing. Right. In their own area. Show us your butt. Ben Holler. It has been a lovely time. Oh, thank you so much. I, yeah. I really enjoyed hanging out with you. It's so great. So, yeah. zoofab.com, where uh, you fabricate things for zoos. Yeah. You come, you know, it's, I don't really make products for, you know, the public so much, but I do have, you know, a lot of photos of um, how we do our exhibits and, you know, uh, us testing out vines and that kind of stuff. And so that's interesting good. stuff. So, so wander around that if you're into it. And yeah. then he looks up and he has the giantest head in the world. Isn't that cool? Wow, that is a good looking animal. Yeah. That's pretty right. neat. That is. All right. Thanks for tuning in, folks. Take care out there. Bye. Well, that show was awesome. Let's do the credits. Patrick Brady, he fixes the audio every week. He also does the teaser videos on YouTube. So Patrick Brady is an awesome guy, and I thank him for his work. Mike Rickberg sang the song you heard at the beginning, composed and sang it with his girlfriend, Sarah. He's going to sing in about a heartbeat for uh, the Mexican hat dance. And Vilmos fixes my website, JackieCation.com. So support him and his work. Thanks a lot, you guys. Take care out there. Bye. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat. (laughs) My hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh my god. We, why don't we just call that as the end of the show?